some questions that I, I tend to get asked, and maybe there's questions I used to ask too, is, is why do you believe in God when you still go through difficult moments in life? Why do you believe in a God who claims to love you or know you when actually you're still going to suffer in this earth and in this life? And I, I think the answer for me is just simple, is that we get to do it with Jesus, really, that we get to do it with the one we sign about already. But I want to look at Daniel chapter 3 this morning, and it might be a passage that many of us are familiar, familiar with, if I can say the word, um, but it's on the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I believe within this passage gives us an answer to why, why we follow God or a reason to why we want to follow God even in the midst of everything that goes on. So if you have your Bibles open, we'll start in verse 19. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace <coughs> and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded, them, crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. <coughs> then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the, God, the king's command, and they were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I make this decree, if any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they'll be torn from limb to limb, and their houses <coughs> excuse me, will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. And we see at the start of the book of Daniel... Sorry, it's that time of the year where everyone's getting a wee tickle. We see at the start of the book of Daniel, King Nebuchadnezzar, he's taken over Jerusalem, and the Babylonians are ruling in Jerusalem. But at the start of Daniel chapter 1, we see that um, there's this moment within the, in the Bible that King Nebuchadnezzar tells, oh, I'm getting blessed, I'll need the toilet in a minute. Thank you. I feel bad if I didn't take a sip out of it. <clears throat> but he, he, he sends his high officials and his high officers to get these, these men, these young men, out of noble and royal families within um, the, 
the kingdom of Jerusalem. And the reason for this was so that Nebuchadnezzar could train them in the ways of the Babylonians. He wanted to teach them their language, their literature, their way, so he could make them like him. The king's plan, Nebuchadnezzar's plan, was to get the next generation of leaders in Jerusalem and change their education, change their language, and change their ways to suit his own. He was trying to make them like him. And this is where we meet the prophet Daniel, who the book's named after, but also Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three young men from Judah were chosen to serve the king. And we see that the chief officials gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. And we can see that in Daniel chapter 1, verses 6 to 7. They changed their name, but this is very interesting to note. In Jewish culture, the name carried the person's identity. Within the culture, a name was, was held very high to them that actually... And it's a reason why Jesus talks about names and having all these names within Scripture, is that their name was actually the thing that carried their identity, Tell, told you something about who they were. So Nebuchadnezzar changing their names, he was trying to strip away their identity, trying to strip away, <coughs> um, trying to strip away their culture and the person who they were. He was trying to instill his own ways upon upon these young men. And this helps us, this context helps us pick up, picks up our story where we just read in Daniel chapter 3. These young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, had been taken away from their families, from their home. Their names had been changed. They had to learn a new language, read different literature, start understanding a new culture. And then Nebuchadnezzar is trying to just trying to get them away from where they were. But there's one thing that he couldn't change, and we can see this in our passage. He couldn't change their God. He couldn't change the God that they served. Nebuchadnezzar had, if we read the, uh, earlier on in Daniel chapter 3, he made this decree that um, everyone in the kingdom should bow before him and worship him. He made this big elaborate statue, this lovely looking thing, and he wanted the, the whole nation, his whole kingdom, to bow and worship to him. But the story goes that there's these jealous people amongst the kingdom of the Babylonians who, who saw that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had been promoted to higher places than them, but also saw that they didn't worship the king. So they, they went to Nebuchadnezzar and said, Nebuchadnezzar, these three people, they're not worshipping you. What are you going to do about it? You said that no matter who doesn't worship, that they'll be thrown into the fiery furnace. And this is where we see a bit of Nebuchadnezzar's rage come into it. That actually... He was so furious with the people that he had entrusted within his kingdom, people that he had made officials into his kingdom, that he made the furnace seven times hotter than it usually would be. These three young men didn't bow and worship to the king, but they made a stand for God. And if we go back on ourselves, if you still have your Bibles open, we're going to look at uh, verses 13 to 18. <coughs> that didn't help at all. And we see this amazing conversation between Nebuchadnezzar and these three men. That's what happens when you try not to spread your germs. Verse 13 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be bought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you'll be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. 
And then what God, what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their confidence wasn't in man. It wasn't even in themselves. It wasn't in their defense or the words that they could speak. Their confidence was in God alone. And we could see that in the passage we read. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they made a stand for their God, a stand for their faith. They stood firm in the face of death. And even when this king tried to educate them against everything they had brought up, educate them against their God, that they actually were still able to make this stand in the midst of the fury of a king, in the midst of the most powerful man in their kingdom, at that time they remained firm in their faith and were thrown into the fire. But as we've already read, there's this remarkable moment when they're in the fire that it's burning so hot because Nebuchadnezzar's rage, he wanted it hotter than usual because of what's happened. And, and the men, the soldiers throwing them in the fire, that they were burnt that this unthinkable, unimaginable heat of the fire coming in that actually the men just didn't even get past the door. They burnt. But actually God was there in the middle of that fire and protected Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that actually not even a a smell of smoke. Like I was trying to light our fire last night and I stank of smoke instantly. And I imagine the heat of this fire, like not even a smell of smoke was upon them. That's how much God surrounded them. That's how much God protected them in that moment. We see God's power and God's sovereignty over any man's self-proclaimed power. And the fourth man in the fire, he steps in in this moment. The fire killed the people at the entrance, but God made sure that his servants were unharmed. And who was the fourth man in this fire? Who was the fourth person? Well, Nebuchadnezzar actually tells us himself, if, if you read the NIV or the ESV or the NKJV, in verse 25, it says the fourth man, Nebuchadnezzar declares, the fourth man is like the Son of God. He's like the Son of God. Nebuchadnezzar went from wanting to be a God, he went from wanting to, to have everyone worship him, to in a moment having the revelation of who the true God is having a revelation that actually it's the God that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego serve is the only true God. The Son of God was with them in the fire. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew he would protect them and be with them. And I wonder for us this morning, do we have the same confidence in God that they do? That they did, sorry. If we were in a metaphorical fire or if we were in tough situations in life, would be able to make a stand like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego? Or if we allowed some complacency or comfort to creep into our lives that when times get difficult, we don't have that comfort? The reason the three of them were so confident in God is the fact that they knew, it's down to the fact that they knew who God was. They had a relationship with him, but it's interesting for us, that it's actually right in the middle of the fire that God appears. It's right in the middle of the, of the disaster that God appears. For us, so often, we pray protection and prevention, and we should never stop doing that. That's really important. Or we praise and rejoice when God delivers us. And again, we should not stop doing that. But it's actually in the middle of the fire that sometimes we can be silent. 
in the middle of the pain, in the middle of the difficulty, sometimes we could be quiet because we don't have the same confidence in God. So often we can be going through a fiery furnace moment in our lives and we lose all confidence in God in the middle of it. But he's right there with us, just like he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He is right there beside us. He's the fourth man in the fire. And we see moments throughout Scripture that it's in the middle. If we look at Daniel in the lion's den, it's in the middle of the lion's den that, the, that God sends his angel to shut the lion's mouth. It's in the middle of the storm. If we go into the Gospels, in the middle of the storm that Jesus gets up and calms the storm. It's in the middle of a prison cell in the book of Acts that, that when they sing hymns unto him, that God opens up the door. Sometimes it's not before or after, but it's right in the middle. God's with us. He's wanting to show us something. And maybe we need to look for Jesus in the moment, in the fire, and have confidence in him. In our passage, we see the evidence of what happens when you make a stand and have that faith in God. But it doesn't come overnight. The confidence doesn't come overnight because it comes from a place of knowing and understanding who God is. I wonder why we lose sight of God in these moments. And I know situations... They're difficult and they're real. But we see throughout the Bible and throughout history and throughout some of our own lives that there's moments where God is right in the middle, delivering his people, blessing his people, honoring his word and protecting his people. I wonder, have we lost a bit of awe and wonder of the power and the might of God? Have we lost a bit of awe and wonder of who God is? We sang this song this morning, our God is greater, our God is stronger. Have we lost a bit of that hope and a bit of that faith this morning? And there's two very, very quick things that I want to pull out from the, the lives of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that I think will help us remain confident in Jesus and see Jesus in the middle of the fire. The first point is they were real. They were real or honest before they were put in the fire. And we can see that in First 18 where they say, but even if he doesn't, they made this declare, declaration to King Nebuchadnezzar that God's going to do this. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, they still had faith. We shouldn't take away from their faith, but their faith was real. They had an understanding that, and a confidence that God would come and save them. But they knew it mightn't look like the way they thought it was going to be. They knew that it mightn't have been how they expected it to be, but God would still come and save them. And they, they made this declaration that even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you. God would come and save them, but they knew that it would be by his will and by his way. And maybe I've been a bit harsh, and in fact, we do look for Jesus in the middle of the fire, but do we look for him in the moments we expect or in the ways Jesus is appearing to us? They were real in that moment because they knew God had a plan, and God's plan, not their own plan, not Nebuchadnezzar's plan would prevail, but God's alone. We can be faithful, we can pray, and we can seek God, but it might just be on our own terms and in our own way. When God is saying, hold on a minute, let me show you this, God's plans will prevail, but we need to be real about it and say, you know what, it mightn't be in the way I expect it, but God, I know you will save me in this moment. It mightn't be how I understand things to happen, but I know, God, you will save me. I'm going back again the Daniel chapter 6 in the lion's den, that I'm sure Daniel didn't expect the stone to be rolled over the den. What that meant was there was nobody getting in and there was nobody getting out. As soon as that stone was rolled over, it was the end. 
And I'm sure Daniel thought, you know what, I know God's going to save me, but maybe before the stone rolls over, he'll pick me up and take me away. But we see God had a different plan in a different way. I'm sure Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thought like a big rain from heaven would come down and the fire we took out in the furnace, or they wouldn't have got as far as they did. But it was in the middle of the fire that God came and God saved them. It was in God's will and God's way. And we need to be real and know that we don't know what, what's best. We don't know what's, what's right, but God does. Real and honest and know that God has a plan and God is in control and that God alone is, is sovereign. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were confident in God. They were real, they were honest, and they knew that one way or another, in the will of God, they would be saved. It might not be the way you pictured it or planned it. It might not be how you wanted it to be, but God is with you in the fire. According to his plan and his will, we need to submit to them. The second point is, is that they had a relationship. And I I can see this in verse 17 where it says, (coughs) if you're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. The God whom we serve is able to save us. Remember, these three men were taken away from their families. They were taken away from what they knew. Their names were changed. Their identity was tried to be changed. Their language was changed. The literature they read was changed. Everything they knew about Jerusalem and being a Jew was changed. They became Babylonians. But it's clear that they didn't serve Nebuchadnezzar. But they kept their eyes focused on God, on the God they served, and remained faithful to God in that. In the face of death, in the middle of an entire nation that got down on their knees, in worship to someone else. These three men were set apart and stood firm in their faith. Why? Because they had a deeper understanding of who God is and what God is capable of doing. And that can only be found by, a, by having a relationship with him, by, having a, by taking the time to get to know him. So often we can look at people in scripture and be like, sure, that was them there in the Bible. It's a bit different. Or we can look at people around us and go, oh, but sure, like, they've been a Christian for so long, or, or they know God in a different way, and it's different. It, it is different, but the difference is, is, is these people have taken time to get to know God. They've taken time to have a relationship with Him, not just on a Sunday, not just in the midweek, not just through the Bible, but actually time with God in His presence, time in relationship and understanding who He is. In the face of death and in the face of a fire, it was their relationship with God that allowed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to stand firm and confident in the Lord that day. They knew because they, had, they made the effort and time to get to know him. We don't need to be a biblical character or these other people that we see around us, but Jesus died and tore the field in two for you. He tore the field so that we could have access, free access in this presence all the time. He did it for you. He wants you and he wants to be in relationship with you. Don't allow the flames to surround you so much that you lose sight of who God is and what he can do. Don't allow them to surround you so much that you lose sight of his presence. Because this is who our God is. The God we serve Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were real, and they had a moment where they were honest and said, you know what, I know God's going to save me, but I know it might not be in the way I expected it. There might be questions that we have, and, and I don't have the answer for why some things happen, or X, Y, or Z, and we, I might never have them, 
but they might become clear in eternity. They might just not be clear in this life. But God knows because it's who He is. He's the fourth man in the fire. He's the one who protected them in that moment. I'm going to ask the worship team to join me here. And, and this passage, I absolutely love this passage because every time I read it, I just get filled with a, a sense of awe and wonder of God. I just get reminded of the sovereignty of God throughout it. Just the level of commitment and love that God has for the people, his faithful followers, the incredible power that, like, I, I don't think we could ever fully understand what that heat was like. Like, these men, soldiers, strong people, they weren't bound. The, the clothes of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were bound tighter by the strongest men in the kingdom to restrict their breathing so they would die quicker. But God took away the binding of their clothes and he set them free to the point that there was not even a smell of smoke on them. Not even a, a, one hair was scorched. That's how incredible the God we serve is. The power of God. I absolutely love this passage because it just reminds me to take God out of the box that we can put him in sometimes because we haven't a clue. We only get glimpses of his might and his power. We only have a, a glimpse understanding of who God is. But this passage reminds me, and we've looked at it today, of, of how much more there is to know and, and get to know about God. And and what I love about this passage is it's our God, it's my God, it's the same God. It's not some different God that we read about in the, the Old Testament then read about in the New Testament and then he changes for us today. It's the same God, my God. He's there in the middle of the fire. He's there in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the lion's den, in the prison and in life. I can go through it. And if I remain confident in God, I can go through it unharmed if I keep it real and honest with God and I build on my relationship with Him. And the question that I talked about at the start, this is the reason why I follow Jesus. One of the reasons why I follow Jesus is because He's the fourth man in the fire. No matter what I go through in life, no matter the, the hardships that we all face, and yes, I know they're real, I know they're difficult, and I know they're different for us all, but no matter what we go through, he's the fourth man in the fire, time after time after time. If that metaphor doesn't do it for you, he's the one who shuts the mouths of the lions in the lion's den. And if that's not enough for you, he's the one that in the middle of the storm stands up and says, peace be still to his people in the storm around him. If that's not enough for you, he's the one in the prison cell that opens it up when we sing on to him. We need to keep it real and we need to build on our understanding and knowing of God because that is exactly who he is. Jesus is the difference. He is real and he is my fourth man in the fire. He's the one who came to seek and save the lost. He's the one that lifted me out of the miry clay and set my feet upon the rock. This Jesus, this God is my God. And the reason I follow him throughout all the heartache, throughout all the uncertainty in life is because he is exactly who he says he is. And he is that fourth man in the fire that you're facing right now right in the middle of it he is there with you we just need to put our confidence and faith in god alone i've already mentioned i don't have the answers for so many things but they might become clear someday or they might never become clear 
But for me, I choose to trust God, my Savior, the one who has never failed and will never fail. Through the lives of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we can be filled with confidence in God because if he was with them in the fire back then, he's with us now. Because if we're going to say we believe the Bible, we'll believe what the Bible says in Hebrews, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Son of God was with them in the middle of the fire, and the Son of God is with you right now in the middle of the fire that you are facing. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. There's no doubt within the Bible, no doubt within Scripture, that when we seek God with our whole hearts, we will find him. We will find him. It's not a might find or you could. It's a will. You will find him. So if we are honest with ourselves right now and say, you know what? I'm going through something in this moment and I'm looking for a way out in my own way, but I I choose to trust God in this moment. If I'm real in this moment, we can say, you know what, God? I'm going to seek you and I'm going to find you. I'm going to put my confidence back in you. Take you out of the box that I put you in because you are exactly who you say you are. Seek after God. Put your confidence and faith in him in the middle of it all because Jesus is the difference. Jesus is the difference. No one else, no other person could be. Nebuchadnezzar, funnily enough, tried to be the difference. He tried to be a God. (coughs) He tried to be the difference. But you know what? At the end of the passage, he ended up submitting and surrendering to God. At the end of the passage, at the end of the fire, he said, he's the one who tells us who it is in the fire. He's the one who tells us it's the Son of God. Jesus is the difference. Even when you try to run away, even when you try to be a God like Nebuchadnezzar found out, God is sovereign and reigns over it all. Don't lose sense of the awe of what God can do or the wonder of what God can do. In the flames, don't lose sight of God's presence that surrounds you. It's very easy to be surrounded by the flames, but God's presence is surrounding you too. When it's tough and scary, know that God is with you. When it feels like he's not, know the Father is reaching his arms out to you. When everything seems at at a loss, remember the victory is not in me, it's not in you, but it's in Jesus alone. Put your confidence in God alone. He's the fourth man in your fire. 